few years ago, the Church of Nazarene made a decision uh, to create a teaching opportunity for so many young pastors in Africa. What they basically did was cut the continent in half and had a northern conference bringing all those pastors and a southern uh, conference, four or five days of intense teaching and, and uh, education opportunities. I was really privileged. I had the chance to go and be one of, the, one of the facilitators and teachers in the southern group. We met in Johannesburg for five days. I met with all those pastors. Africa is a happening place. I mean, things are really popping there spiritually. So I, I think it's kind of exciting. One, someone from our own district is being called into uh, Africa. And Zimbabwe, some of those nations are some of the nations that I was meeting with those pastors. So I'm, I'm kind of connected I'm, I, I, personally with those guys. It's uh, exciting. There's a boy named Disgrace, 1 Chronicles 4, verses 9 and 10. The prayer. And Jabez was more honorable than his brother. And his mother called his name Jabez, because they bore him with sorrow. And Jabez called on God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou would bless me indeed, enlarge my coast, and thine hand might be with me, and thou would keep me from evil that it may not grieve me, and God granted him that which he requested. I was thinking about birth, and Tammy and I have two children, Jonathan and Julia. I was thinking about the, the birth of each of them. What joy, excitement. I was with Tammy for both. I was the coach. We did the Lamas together. And one thing they gave, we had a little ball, and all during nine months of pregnancy, they said when the labor hits, have a, lay on their side and just rub that ball in small circles across your wife's back, and that'll, that'll help. They said, bring food. I think I told you that I got this huge thing of like 24 Twinkies because it may take a long time, and my Twinkies were gone in about 20 minutes. But sure enough, there was a tough, our, our firstborn, Jonathan, there was a tough labor, and I got my ball out. I had been practicing, practicing for nine months. I said, lay on your side. And I began to rub that ball, that small circle that we'd practiced. And Tammy turned on me. She turned back and said, that doesn't do diddly-do. Now, if you know my wife, that's as close to profanity as you're ever going to get from her. And I realized from then on for a little while, anything that didn't work, we just said it was diddly. I cut the umbilical cord for both of our kids. We cried with joy and exhaustion for both of our kids. Our firstborn, Jonathan... The Tanner family, all of my cousins are girls. And my dad was a little nervous that if I have daughters, the Tanner name would evaporate. Because all, all my cousins married and took on their husbands' names. And so it was my, my role to continue the Tanner legacy name. And so all during Tammy's pregnancy, my dad was just, got to have a boy, got to have a boy. He literally gave her a football once for her, for her incoming child. When Jonathan was born and we had a boy, my first thought was my dad. And John was born at like 2.30 in the morning. I wasn't going to call then. But I waited till about 6.30 when I knew they'd be up and having breakfast tonight. I called. And I said, well, we got our baby. My dad answered. He said, well, what do we have? And I said, you have a grandson, Jonathan. And the phone went dead. I thought I killed him. Next thing I know, my mom's on the phone. And she said, what happened? I said, where's, where's dad? She said, he's just sitting here crying. I'll never forget that phone call. Then Julie was born quite a few years later. 
And right after birth, they put them on that scale to get the weight. And I, I was with Tammy so excited. And I, I was with Julie so excited. And I, I laid my hand on her chest, not, not to increase the weight, just, just very gently. And she reached up. She was 10 minutes old, maybe, and grabbed my little finger. And the family has said that's so appropriate. I have been around her little finger from that day on. Birth stories. You got them. If you're a parent, I could bring you up and say, tell me a story that's sentimental. Tell me a story about joy. You got them. Every single parent can talk about the day when that kid was born. We all have things in common. I mean, it's stories of joy, excitement, adrenaline, thrill. You got the stories. I got the stories. That's why the beginning of Jabez's life is so sad, so uncharacteristic. Let's go back in time. Be there at the beginning of Jabez's life. See it yourself. The midwife announces to an exhausted mother, you have a healthy boy. Congratulations, you're a mother of another son. As I said, isn't this a time of uncontrolled joy? I mean, the miracle of birth? It's hard for me because First Chronicles is a story of an unhappy mother at birth. A little while later, once the baby is, is cleaned up and, and wrapped in a blanket, other husband and, would, and children would gather around the mom and, and the baby would be given to the mom. And this is a unique time in history. Back then, women had, had no rights, no privileges. They, they were somewhat property. They were there to, to sire children. But in this unique time, they had this, this privilege. The mom could name the child. So the baby is laid on the mother's arms. The family is saying, well, let's hear it. This joyous time. And names back then meant something. You had to live up to your name. And the mother is looking grim at her son. Un uncontrolled silence. And finally she speaks, his name shall be Jabez. What? They probably cried out. Bitterly she would repeat, I've named him Jabez. The text I read, she said, because I bore him in sorrow. You're saying, well, was, was that labor? She's not talking about labor. She's saying, I'm sorry this child was ever born into this family. I was sorry during my entire pregnancy, and now I'm sorry that he's here. So we have Jabez, another child in the world's unwanted and unloved kids. The name of Jabez would be shocking because the literal meaning is disgrace. I will name him Disgrace. Can you imagine having the chore of your life? Your name is Disgrace. At first day of kindergarten, this is Tom. This is Susie, this is Sally, and this is Disgrace. How do you explain the name? You, you have to end up explaining the entire family. The Disgrace was real. Je Jabez's mother felt it so much she named her kid on it. Shame was the tone of the home. And now we might as well admit it, we are all a disgrace. We'll name this kid Jabez. We'll name this kid Disgrace. Jabez's father and big brothers lived up to that bad reputation. Vices caused them to lose their family inheritance. Go back in time. The children of Israel coming in the promised land. Each family was given a plot of land. That was their inheritance. The, 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 the Jabez family had lost their inheritance. Probably through drunkenness of the father and the sons. The disgrace was so terrible, they lost their land. And in fact, their name is dropped from the ancient logs, the ancient official genealogies. Back then, the Hebrews were interesting in how they handled genealogies. If, if you were a loser, you were primed off the, off the family tree. 
If you're a complete embarrassment, we just cut you off. You, you didn't exist. You admitted them from the family tree. There's no record that you ever existed. That's why it's so hard to date things from the Hebrew genealogies. The genealogies tended to be only the honorable. The family lost their inheritance. They were cut off from the family tree. It's fair to say that Jabez has three strikes against him before he begins. You can't expect much from a kid named Disgrace. Unwanted child, unloved child, poverty-ridden family, born to an alcoholic father, alcoholic family, raised on the wrong side of the tracks. He's a disgraced family. And part of you saying, crying out loud, change your name. When I think about name changes, I think about Hollywood. You ever hear of Ishmar Danilevsky Dembski? Sure you have. That's Kirk Douglas. You ever heard of Bernard Schwartz? That's Tony Curtis. Karen Elaine Johnson is the birth name of Whoopi Goldberg. Sidney Leibowitz. You can probably guess that one. Steve Lawrence. How about Leonard Sly? Roy Rogers. Nat Natalie Hershenberg. Natalie Portman. Francis Gum, Judy Garland. Michael Delaney Dow Jr., Mike Douglas. Aaron Marlon Bishop, Jamie Foxx. Change your name. Hollywood does it, but this isn't Hollywood. Jabez deals with the real issues of his life. And you see in this prayer that we read this morning, despite all his personal history, which is terrible, Jabez does a wise thing. He prayed about his state of affairs. And the text we read this morning begins that you would bless me indeed. In other words, he's saying, Lord, would you bless even me? I'm named disgraced. What a humble prayer. Could you find a way to bless somebody with a name called disgrace? A kid born on the wrong side of the tracks. His, his next part of his prayer is enlarge my coast. This is economic prosperity. Would you restore through me the land my family lost? The family probably now are debt slaves, working the corner of the land that was, it was theirs at one point. The mortgage holder probably lives in the main house that they used to live in. Now they're hired hands in a shack. Disgraceful. The next phrase, that thy hand might be with me. This is a prayer of guidance and protection. Jabez has no illusions of self-sufficiency. He knows I can't make it without God's help. There's also prayed, keep me from the evil that won't grieve me. He's probably praying about the evil that his family has, drunkenness. Keep me from the tendency of my family that it won't, it won't disgrace me. After all, that's a danger. Think about it. How many sons of alcoholics end up being alcoholics themselves? How many sons of, of gamblers that have lost everything end up being gamblers themselves? They're on and on. How prone kids are to repeat the mistakes of their parents, even though they know better. So he prays, keep me from my, my parents' crime. Jabez watched his father and brothers cope with life's problems, going to drink. He prayed, don't let me fall in that same trap. It's a wise prayer. And the next line doesn't come through well in English. Keep evil that it will not grieve me. This could be translated, don't let disgrace be disgraced. Don't let me live down to my name. Don't let disgrace be disgraced. He called on God, let me, let me be better than my label. And the author of Chronicles is the all-time summarizer. He ends by saying, and God granted his request. Isn't there part of you that's saying, wait, fill in the holes. 
You skipped the best part. This has got a happy ending. Tell me what happened to this guy who prayed this prayer. All you told me was, and God said, okay. Where's the human interest? Tell me what happened to this guy. We can find out. We can fill in the holes. He, the author of Chronicles was writing to that period, and Jabez was so famous, he's kind of saying, as you all know, God granted his request. Back then they knew. Well, now, a few thousand years later, we don't know the whole story. But we can fill in the prayer. Other places in Scripture tell us about Jabez. We found out he was incredibly disciplined. He, he joined a group called the Rechabites. Rechabites were a religious organization with one dominant rule. No alcohol. Not one drop of any kind. Interesting, isn't it? It was alcohol that brought his family down, and now Jabez joins the Alcoholic Anonymous of his day. He's serious about his life. He joined a church or at least an organization that would partner in his needs. I like the fact that he was drawn to a group that stood for something. So what would God do with an unwanted child born on the wrong side of the tracks with an alcoholic family named Disgrace? Scripture does fill in, as I said. We find an awful lot about him through the study of Caleb. He got his coast enlarged, but that's the tip of the iceberg. Joshua falls in love and marries Asha, the daughter of Caleb. Now, Caleb is rich. Super rich. Bezos rich. So Caleb marries the daughter of this rich guy. And the rich guy says to his daughter, what would you like for a wedding present? And the daughter says, I want a ranch in Hebron with two springs. Now, that means nothing to us. But a ranch in Hebron with two springs, that is unbelievable real estate. She might as well said, I would like the top three floors of Trump Tower in Manhattan for my home. I mean, serious real estate. Jabez paid to get the family land back, but God had so much more for him. He gets his family land back. He marries a beautiful bride who's rich. A ranch in Hebron with two springs, not shabby, for a kid named Disgrace with three strikes against him. He asked God for a little, and God gave him so much more. God's not done blessing this kid named Disgrace. Eventually, an entire town is named after this guy. I want you to see it. First Chronicles 2, 55. And the families of the scribes which, which dwelt at Jabez, town named after him. The whole city, not bad for a kid with nothing, gave him victory over alcohol, got, get, got his family farm back, married a beautiful woman who happened to be rich, a ranch in Hebron with two springs, and now the entire town is after him. It's named after him. He probably found it. Now, this town is not an ordinary small town. It's not a one-horse one hitching post. It's a college town. Did you hear it? The families of the scribes dwelt in Jabez. The scribes, that was the university. They memorized, they taught scriptures, they were the educators, they were the college professors. And God's not done with Jabez. He feels the call to preach. So the founder of the town enters the university as a freshman. He studies, he graduates, and now he begins to teach scriptures. And yet, God's not done. In the country where the city of Jabez is, they elect him president. Now, back then, it was called a judge. 
And during his tenure, he leads the nation in a mighty spiritual awakening and a revival. He hit two opposing kings in the time of war, and the best is still yet to come. His subjects come to him and say, you know, you were misnamed. We don't, we don't like your name at all. We want to change your name from Jabez to Othanel, which literally means Lion of God. In the Old Testament, those names meant your character. Jabez no longer fits disgrace. He's changed his name to Lion of God. Okay, that's great. That has nothing to do with me. Go back. I think that's what God does. He's almost in a rut. He gives a new name to those who seek him. Jabez is a wonderful and unique story, but in a way, it's not new, is it? Isn't that what God does? Doesn't he find some nameless person with no expectations, with little help, and give them more than they ever dreamed? It's my story. As Jesus is your Savior, hasn't he provided more for you than you ever dreamed when you began the journey with him? He has a way of exceeding our expectations. Before Christ, we're battered with forces that you can barely cope with. When Christ comes into our life, we change. And all of a sudden, the trajectory of the events of our life changes. But isn't that where you were before Christ? Jabez is my story. Jabez is your story. Jabez is God's story. Wrapped up in the prayer of Jabez that you would bless even me. Enlarge my coast. That thy hand would be with me. You would keep me from evil. It would not grieve you. The great prayer, impact my life. Have you ever just gone before God and said, forgive me, and God in heaven, impact my life? I want to live for something more than just this. Impact my life. May I reach potential of value. The last Sunday of 2020. Has this not been one of the lousiest years of your life? Me too. The last Sunday of 2020. We're going to turn a calendar. That may be more important than we're going to get COVID behind us with this vaccine. And 2020 is an aberration. It's a terrible speed bump. We're going to move on from here. We're going to get our life back. Maybe more than those dreams and desires that we all seem to have. Maybe the more important desire is God in 2021. Impact me. Bless even me. May your presence guide and direct and empower me. As our church goes through a brand new pastor and our trajectory changes, it changes because of what you're going to do in my life. Father, we just come before you. We thank you for your presence and power and authority. The story of Jabez isn't just a sweet story. In a lot of ways, it's an example of what you do with a life when that life is committed to you. And when we're not committed to you, then we flounder. It's more than a New Year's resolution. I'm going to do better. Those kind of go away. But Father, may there be a prayer from our soul. In 2021, I commit myself to you. Bless even me with your presence. May thy hand be on me with your strength. Keep me from evil with your wisdom. May I live a discerning, wise, powerful life 
because of you. As we turn the calendar, may I have that passion of Christ indwelling with me. Jabez is not just a sweet story. It's an example for me. And we praise you this morning. The holy name of Jesus. Amen.